His Love Christian Fellowship is excited to share this podcast with you. We hope you enjoy this message. have a word and so um i hope it's encouraging (laughs) it was just something that the lord gave me and showed me in the word so father we just thank you (sighs) we just thank you thank you for being our father thank you for just caring about every little detail of our lives thank you for this group or this family of beautiful brothers and sisters Lord, thank you for the families all over the county. Thank you for the families all over the nation. But Lord, I really like this family you gave us. God, they're just beautiful people. And I just ask you to bless your work. In Jesus' name. Well, what I saw was five positions of prayer. And I saw it in when I began to read Luke 18. And the Lord just started showing me there's five positions of prayer to see me move. And so I was like, okay. Well, first of all, the, the positions are pray, of prayer are the water. It's the scripture where Jeremiah, and it's one of my very favorite, 17 says, the Lord says, Cursed is the man who trusts in mere humans which is just pride, but trusts in mere humans and who relies on human strength. That There's a curse because there's a limit, and there's no limit for us. Who trusts in mere humans and turns their hearts from the Lord. They're like stunted shrubs in the desert and shall not see any good come from God. doesn't mean that the, I I believe the enemy prospers things for a time. And then you can see what happens and the corruption that happens. That's why things implode. And but but what God does lasts. It's forever. It's eternal. And so they won't see good from God. So there's no hope in that state. Blessed are those who trust fully in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope, their surety and confidence. They're like trees planted by the water. So the water is the resource. The water is the Holy Spirit. The water is what watered the Garden of Eden. It's the river of life. It's the water. With roots that reach down deep into the water. And these trees are not bothered by fear, by the heat, and by long seasons of drought. So it doesn't say that you're not going to walk through some, some of those, but, but you're not bothered because your roots just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper into Jesus. They never stop producing fruit. Now, that's good. That's the good that comes from God, that it can't ever stop being produced. So the, the scripture that he gave me was Luke 18, and he just showed me these five positions. And these five positions are... Uh, right up to this water, right next to this water, whatever, taking a hold of this water. So it's Luke 18, and I read it in a lot of, I I read a lot of things in a lot of different translations, but this one is in the New Living Translation that I'm going to read from. If I can find the page. It's like trying to get those bags at Lucky's or Fresh Time apart. 
And I used to watch my grandma when she did her Bible. She'd lick her finger. <laughs> yeah, like, now I'm licking my fingers at the those places. Oh my God, I can't get the bag apart. Okay. That was right on track there. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> hmm. Now I'm at John 18. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I worked all that time. <laughs> One day, Jesus told his disciples the story, a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, and he said, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. And I believe that's the world. I just think it's the world. The world is an unjust judge. There's a widow in that city that came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. And the judge ignored her for a while. But finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy and I'm going to see that she gets justice because she's wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. And so there is a diligence that all of us have to have in life. Whatever it is, if it be a hard worker, do there is discipline holds you in good stead. That's what that's what's going on. And so the discipline of staying steady for that woman eventually rendered a good good judgment for her. Even he rendered a just decision in the the end. So don't you think God, and I think this is perfect because the Bible says that God cares about the widow and the orphan. He loves them. That's his heart, the widow and the orphan. And he says, don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? So this is the first position. Always to pray and not lose heart. Always to know he's a good father and he loves you. He has answers. Pray, never give up. That's staying by the water. When the drought is all around you and your roots keep going deeper and deeper, you pray and you never give up. You pray consistently. You never quit. You never pull your roots out and go, I'm going somewhere else. You stay by that stream of water and you never quit. The world was, a, I believe it was a world life, and it doesn't care about you. It doesn't give you anything. The world does not care. But by constant requests and continual pushing, expecting, believing God's best, you will win over the world. Jesus won over the world. Even it had to render a just decision and bring forth goodness and mercy and justice when she was persistent. Don't give up. Don't you know that God, the true judge of all the earth, will grant justice to all of his chosen ones? who cry out, <clears throat> heart's position by the streams of water, looking expectantly day and night. He will pour out his spirit on them. He will not delay. He is not delaying now. He is positioning us for his justice, his answers, his spirit. More, Lord, more. He will give us what we've asked. Salvation, whole hearts, the works of God. 
God will give swift justice to those who don't give up. So position number one, persistent, persevering faithfulness. Will the Lord find a persistent people on the earth? Will he find persistent faithfulness? So that's the first position. And I I don't know that the Lord was teaching it in this way, but this is how he showed me this time. So the next part, that was the very first position. He's a good father. Be persistent. Second, second, parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness. Now, I think Jesus talked in order for a reason. In their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Two men went to the temple to pray. So it was again about prayer. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank God I'm not, lo- I'm not a sinner like everybody else. I don't cheat. I don't sin. I don't commit adultery. And I'm certainly li- not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week. I even give a tithe of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, O God, be merciful to me, for I'm a sinner. I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. This is not trust in man. So God, please in your mercy, because of the mercy seat and because of the blood, forgive me and make me a forgiver. I believe that's the call. Make me a forgiver. Make me a forgiver everywhere. We're a position of reconciliation. Those who exalt themselves or justify themselves before God and man will be humbled. Those who humble themselves will one day be lifted up and honored before God. If you're content to simply be yourself, who God lovingly made, you'll become more than yourself in him. So the position, the position was humility. And you know, I've looked at the word proud, and God's going to deal with the pride, and he's already dealing with the pride in this nation. He's going to deal with the pride in the church and in us. But the Lord said to me, Humility doesn't compare. The issue is comparison. You know, you can say to your children, I am so proud of you. That's not a wrong pride. That's a wonderful boost to who they are and how much you love them. God says that to us. That's not the kind of pride he's talking about. When there was a lack of humility, it was I compared myself to every single one around me. And the nation, this nation, is full of comparison. We compare everything. We compare whether we're doing well with our neighbor. We compare, we compare. And God's going, that's pride. God, deliver us of comparison. Deliver us of comparison. The Lord's been speaking to me about the works of God. And he doesn't care if this is Big or little, he cares that it's his. He cares that he's here and we love him. Ron has been an awesome businessman. You, you, you can ask all the people that he works for. They love him. He's been integritous, and he has been a man of God for years, always taking his own hurt, always. 
I can tell you, Kristen can tell you now working for him. She knows. And he's had an opening of sharing the spirit in the places he goes, everywhere. But saying all that, Ron goes, I don't think we're ever going to be big. He wanted to be a big businessman. He wanted to be able to hire people and bless them. He wanted to have all of those things. And yet the Lord is saying in this, who you are is big to me. Do you understand he doesn't compare you? He doesn't compare one who appears. God wants to set the church free. I believe we'll stop reading false news. I believe we'll stop listening to lies when God sets us free of comparison. And that's humility. So God, grant the church humility not to say, I thank you, God, I'm not like. Set us free from that. That's nothing but judging one another. I, you know, because I said, Lord, I know the word proud isn't a bad word. And he said, no, I'm proud of you. But I don't want you comparing yourself. I'm not the missionary that I wanted to be. I wanted to go and, you know, darkest Africa. I don't know. I always had those dreams. But I'm to be a lover here. And what if that's enough for him? I'm just, I'm just telling you, God is going after some deep root things. So position number two is humility. Position number three is deeper humility. Position number three. One day some parents brought their little children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them, pray for them. But when the disciples saw this, they scolded the parents for bothering him. And then Jesus called for the children and said to the disciples, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. And I've been asking the Lord, what's a childlike heart? And he said, a childlike heart is from the time they're little, they say, mommy and daddy said. Why do you know? Because my mommy said. Because my daddy said. Why do you know it's true? Because mommy and daddy said. That is a little child's heart. You know, a picture of a little child is they don't care. Hannah was holding faith, and she picked her up and smelled her rear end to see if she needed her diaper changed. Children don't care. That's humility. They don't have a heart of, oh, my goodness, what is everybody going to think when all this is going on? They have a humility deep in their hearts. And mommy and daddy said, the Lord is looking for us to be like that. My father said, and it doesn't matter what's going else on around me. My daddy knows. My daddy knows. Well, I had read this prophetic word for 2018, and I thought that it fit this. Becoming as a little child, the kingdom is open because of their trusting open hearts. They demonstrate what faith is all about. They demonstrate by mommy and daddy say. They look with little eyes of faith at mommy and daddy. If mommy and daddy say it's okay, then it's okay. No matter what the situation Jesus, learn this well unless you receive the kingdom realm, the kingdom of heaven, in exactly the same way as a trusting, yielded child. You'll never enter it. 
You can't enter it because you want to enter it. You have to enter in it because you believe like a little child. So this deeper humility has honor with it. Children honor their parents. You know, Ron and I had a call deep in our hearts, the spirit of Elijah. He said, I'm going to, I'm going to bless this nation if this nation can begin to honor in the generations. And he had to teach us. We grew up in the 60s and 70s when rebellion and rebellion and turning against the parents and, and showing uh, that we knew it more or whatever was a part of that generation. So when he called us before we were ever married, we were having a Bible study right before we were engaged, and, and, he, and we sat down and he spoke to us and he said, I've called you to have that spirit that calls the <clears throat> hearts of the fathers back to the children and the hearts of the children back to the fathers. But I want you to understand something in that humility. The Bible always says, honor your fathers and mothers. It does not say, honor your children. Jesus never said that. He said, you be an example of honoring your fathers and mothers, and they'll follow the path. God is in a place of teaching us how to honor. I love that Bethel is a, is a uh, realm of honor. They're learning how to honor in business. Ron's got a book, Honor in Business. They're teaching how to honor. I am telling you, honor is not natural in this nation. I watch all the time, and I don't watch the news much, but I'll see a headline, and it's always some young person, and they have dishonored our president. Now, you did not hear me, even though I didn't agree with his policies, ever hear me dishonor uh, the, the previous president because I had gotten the understanding. It, they're in authority. Jesus said, honor those in authority. It is a commandment. You guys, it isn't an option for us. It's not a feeling. Honoring your parents isn't a feeling. It is a commandment that Jesus spoke over and over. It is an, a commandment that God is calling us to. If this nation wants to get healed, there's got to come a groundswell of honor. We've got to honor our president and those that are in office. I honestly believe there was so much bad-mouthing with the previous president. If we'd have prayed for him more, maybe more would have happened. I really do believe that. I know that we went through a season where we did bad-mouth our president back in the 90s because uh, he'd had an affair in the Oval Office, and we just started saying things because we thought we had a right and I'm telling you, God will take care of those sins. He'll take care of those issues. But he's calling his people to walk with power. And it is honor. You know, you don't have to say to a little child, believe me, do you? A little child looks up with trusting eyes and says, I know daddy and mommy love me. And of course, of course, they say what they say is right. You know, I've seen kids arguing because my mommy and daddy said. I'll never forget Mariah when she was little arguing with Josiah. You're little. You're little. How do you know you're little? Because when your mom says you're little, you're little. <laughs> that was one of my favorite memories. We laughed and laughed and laughed. But what I'm going to say is what was happening was a childlike faith. 
in what God had said. And God set up the system of, of honor. This isn't what we have. It's what he's doing. If this nation will begin to have true honor again, if our congregation will have honor of all ages here, of course we honor our children. We love them. We adore them. But I'm going to tell you that honor has got to come how God says it. We've got to learn it. I love, I, I had already been to YWAM and seen some of it, but I loved that Michael was, was over in Australia, and one of the issues they really talked on was honor. And when we were in, um, when, when I was in uh, Switzerland, and we saw a YWAM group, and there was another guy that was better at music than the, the, the leader, and, but he was younger. And he had served as a, as a um, intern under this man with total humility, looking to that man, looking to that with total honor. And so we were at this big place, and I saw that man put him up in the front and lead this whole revival meeting. And I knew it was because he had walked in what God had put in him. And he wasn't pushing the line. And I know more than you. And I can do more than you. We've got to get the bitterness out of our nation in generations. It's our call, you guys. I'm telling you, it will not flourish. And if you think it doesn't matter, wait till your kids to get to be older. Honor matters. Honor matters before the Lord. That was one of the commandments that Jesus never changed on. That was one of them. So this was this word, and I was like, Lord, I'm asking you, in my own heart, teach me how to honor more. Teach me how to honor my parents more. Teach me how, to, and this is not, do you realize when Jesus said honor, he did not say honor those who deserve it. Honor the parents that you, th you deemed were worthy and good and did all the right things. He does not say that. He says, before God, you honor. Before God, you honor. So this was the word. Um, it was a prophetic word for 2018. Pride is an attitude, but it's also a spirit. And I believe it's in our nation. I know it was one of the young reporters, and they called Trump stupid. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Lord, remove that kind of stuff out of us. Remove it out of us, whether we agree with the man or not. We can't live in a nation of dishonor. We can't. This spirit wants altitude. It seeks to invade the high places. I believe Matt Lauer coming down was something of that mockery coming down out of the high places. It is also happening as the explosion of, of uh, things are under getting uh, uh, explo um, exposed with the sex trafficking and with all the things that have happened in Hollywood. It's coming down because God wants honor. The issue uh, with all of that is honor. It's an, this spirit wants altitude and seeks to invade the high places. It wants to infect people in the high places because it steals God's glory. God owns the mountains. Remember, Jesus wouldn't take the mountains from the enemy, but God handed them to him. He said, no, I'm going to honor my father. In fact, he said, honor your father. I will honor my father. 
It wants to infect the high places because it's a glory stealer. It steals the glory that should go to Jesus Christ. People infected by pride or Leviathan, which is when you want to call it a spirit, will act higher and better and more superior than you. They will have a high and mighty attitude. They will fight unusually hard to be right. That's the key. You know what? It's okay to be wrong. It's okay to be quiet. If Jesus was never a criminal, he was perfect, and he died a criminal's death, and he didn't open his mouth, it's okay. That is humility. Jesus was humble. His humble people in high places is what he desires, not people ruled by pride. You can't fight pride with pride. You can't. You have to fight pride with humility. You have to fight pride on your knees. This is much easier said than done because we have to bow low. In a nutshell, once the spirit of pride has surfaced, the person is no longer reasonable. They can't hear. They're not rational, and they're not reachable. Pride hardens the heart and imprisons the mind with falsely elevated thinking. Pride resists counsel. Pride resists the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Pride causes strife. It's the knife that kills relationships and brings division. It's pride. It's divisive. So we have to get the pride out. The Bible shows us that a heart hardened with pride can't see or discern the Spirit of the Lord. Pride not dealt with will render us ineffective in a key prophetic direction from the Lord for 2018. I don't know about you because it's not up to me about you. It's about me. I want the pride out. I want to go lower. I want him to teach me how to go lower like a little child who doesn't compare and says, my daddy says, and that's all I know. And my daddy tells the truth. So position number three, deeper honor and humility. And by the way, that scripture also is, blessed are those who are humble, meek. They will inherit the earth and the mountains. It will be an inheritance. Position number four. The rich man, once a religious leader, and asked Jesus the question, Good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus asked him. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. The man replied, I obeyed all these commandments since I was young. And when Jesus heard his answer, he said, there's still one thing you haven't done. Sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. But when the man heard this, he became very sad, for he was very rich. And when Jesus saw this, he said, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this said, then who can be saved? And he said, what is impossible for people 
is possible with God. He can change our hearts. How difficult it is to enter God's kingdom with your arms full. That's what Jesus was saying. He was holding tightly to a lot of things and not about to let them go. That's why I loved singing that song today and what happened. And, and you know, I know God heard us. We let go. Not about to let them go. It is difficult for people who have it all to enter or even want God's kingdom. Your heart gets hard when you start feeling you have it all. God can do the impossible, for God can do what man cannot do. But let it all go. Trust in the cross. The kingdom is self-denial. I love the grace message, but I am telling you, don't ever lose sight. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's not what you want. It's not what you desire. Yes, he loves us. He's a good father and cares. But it will always be about the cross and laying down our lives. Always hear that. It always will be. The cross comes against us when we want things and we're selfish and we have a hard time. The cross comes against us when we have things we wanted and we're disappointed because they didn't work out. Anybody been there? The cross comes and you come down to, oh my goodness, I've had an attitude with you, God, but it wasn't about me. It's about you. The cross only in the Lord can that happen. So position number four, the cross. Laying down all and trusting the cross. Position number five. Peter said, Lord, we've left our homes to follow you. We've taken up the cross. We've laid down everything. We've left our homes. And Jesus said, I assure you that everyone who has given up house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of my kingdom, for the sake of the kingdom of God, will get fruit, will gain much fruit many times over in this life. That is the roots that have gone deep. Now, Jesus was not saying that those things aren't important or don't love your family or don't take care of your children or don't take care of. He was saying in comparison to your relationship with him, in comparison to the cross and the salvation that we all carry, it has to be let go of. It has to. You cannot hold on to a lover and hold on to Jesus. You cannot hold on to something that fills your heart. Marty, you shared this morning, what do you do when things are going on around you? You can hold on to the things around you, and you can't hold on to him. You have to hold on to Jesus. And then Jesus promises this. I assure you, if you've given up, you've let go, 
You've taken up the cross for the sake of me, for the sake of the kingdom. You will be repaid. You will get fruit. Fruit will come many times over in this life. A multiplication. You will get fruit and will have eternal life in the world to come. So anyone who chooses God's kingdom realm over, you name it, everything, must expect a return in this lifetime and in the age to come, even more eternal life. Must expect position number five. Brock, must expect when you've done that, you need to stay in an expectation. You need to expect because you've yielded in faith. Expect. And I believe that's joyful expectancy. What's he going to do now? What good things does he have next to expect? So Jesus said at the very beginning of Luke 18, when the Son of Man returns, will he find persistent faith? I say yes to all of us because our roots are going deeper. I know all your lives, and you've put roots in really deep. And you will get abundant fruit. Isn't that amazing? Thank you for listening to this message. Yeah.